Hello, Colts Nation, NFL Nation, this nation and the world in general. Drake and I are here, my good buddy, and we're just bunkering down. Uh, hey, look it, we gotta do with the president, Congress, the governors, just like our players do to the coaches. Follow the playbook, do what they say. And trust me, the sun will rise, we will play games, we'll be united together. This is my little doggy Drake, and we're holed up here. And I'm just sending great wishes to everyone. And we're doing everything we can to get food to the children that aren't getting their meals at lunch. And uh, just sending out a lot of love and, and good wishes. So, Drake, you go over here for a second. Okay. All right. Welcome to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny. And you are listening to part two of a two-part special episode uh, if you haven't listened to part one and you want to hear our sports takes, uh, talking about NFL free agency, among other coronavirus sports-related news, go back, listen to that episode. Otherwise, enjoy our non-sports talk here in part two. All right, let's uh, wrap up the sports talk. Let's move on to some other stuff. So coronavirus, uh, it's led to some social distancing, you know, quarantine, isolation. And, and what have we been doing to get through this? So I think one thing I want to talk about is, at first, I have a lot of complaints. Now, obviously, there's the, and just in general, it's not fun having to be stuck at home all the time, not being able to really go anywhere, live a normal life. Beyond that, People have been hoarding stuff, and I'm sure you guys have run into issues of going to the store and not being able to find essential things. In particular, toilet paper is one of them. So where, where do you guys stand when it comes to that? What do you mean? Like, do I... Yeah, do you have your, all your essential stuff you need? Have you been, have, has it been a difficulty for you? So I've been following the coronavirus for a while. I was one of the first people at work who was like, hey, why are we here right now? This is ridiculous. We should not be here right now. We should go home. And people were like, look at this worry wart over here. Look at this nervous Nelly, this moron who thinks that like the, the this virus that's in China is going to somehow impact our day-to-day -day or change anything in a perceivable way here in the in the United States. What an idiot. And so I took that, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to the store. I went on two like resource-gathering trips to the grocery store um, before any before I got uh, started working from home. So I didn't necessarily... I bought... I did buy a little bit of toilet paper, <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm only one person, and I already had like half a pack still left um so i think the people who are ru like rushing the paper aisle at the grocery store are being ridiculous um and they're also acting a little bit too late they should have been listening to the news yeah i i am not a fan of the the people hoarding all that all the toilet paper and pretty much so the first time i went to the grocery store uh 
to get toilet paper and other things. I did get toilet paper, but ever since then, the several times after that, I have not seen a single wrap of toilet paper or even hand sanitizer ever since then. And uh, luckily, the few times I've gone, last few times I've gone, they have signs where it says you can only buy a certain amount, like one or two per customer, which is good, but... Uh, I still go and there's still nothing there. Here's the beautiful mm. thing. Here's the absolutely beautiful thing about toilet paper. It's kind of a cultural thing. Not everybody cleans that area the same after doing their business, okay? There are other countries that have different practices for how they maintain that. And we are one of the dominant uh, toilet paper c- uh, countries or cultures, okay? We manufacture it here in the United States, Okay. It's not going anywhere. It's going to keep showing up on the shelves just like it always has. So for people who are rushing in and getting it all, being like, okay, that's it. No more toilet paper. I've got the only toilet paper. You're a moron. There's going to be more toilet paper the next time the delivery truck shows up. America, one of the amazing things about having an amazing capitalist system is that we have developed an infrastructure for a very robust supply chains. There will be more toilet paper, which is why buying just enough that you need is the perfect option because that makes it possible for everybody to get a little and we can all just keep getting a little bit every time and there will always be enough. Yeah, they're not going to shut down grocery stores. They're not going to run out of toilet paper. It makes no sense to buy like a year's worth supply. You're just going to look like an idiot. Uh, For me, it took me like three trips to finally find some and I had to go to Target at 7 a.m. right when it opened on a Saturday morning just to be able to get some and even then the aisle was only like 20% full. So I don't know how much of that was them just saving their supplies, staggering them throughout the day. But when I showed up to uh, Harris Teeter, which is a a North Carolina grocery store, like at 730 after that trip, they were totally gone when it came to the paper aisle. So uh, it's definitely something that these stores, I think, you know, Target was one that they started to do limit two per item when it came to essential things. Uh, I think that a lot of these stores were kind of free for alling it in the beginning. They weren't cutting people off when they were buying an obscene amount of this stuff. And uh, I think it's it's definitely taken a toll on the rest of us. So uh, hopefully others, you know, at this point, they have everything they need. So those who don't have it, it's only a matter of time before they can get it. Um, beyond that, I'm really frustrated that I can't get my hair cut until May 1st because I certainly need one and I don't know what I'm going to do. No, I see. I have the opposite opinion on that. I love this concept of not having to be presentable ever uh, for a long period of time. I'm not shaving. I mean, my hair was already very short. Like I got a haircut right before the like this whole thing started. Um, but I'm obviously not going to cut it. And also not having to like dress well either. I'm dressing for comfort, not for fashion. Do you have video meetings at work? Um, barely like all it's, of uh, mine are on video. So like, I feel the need to be at least somewhat presentable at all times. Yeah. Video, video is optional. And yeah. I mean, I'm a tiny little square. Yeah. Um, no, like that's, a, that's fair. Yeah, as long I as I'm as wearing well. a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, one, one little thing. So I don't know if other people are having this issue, but for whatever reason, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, sports center, like their tweets are not coming up on my timeline all the time so i'll be scrolling Uh-oh. through twitter i just i'm like not seeing this nfl free agency news like todd Gurley to the falcons i didn't hear about that until four hours later even though i was on twitter the whole time because 
I just didn't see any of their tweets. I tried on following them and refollowing. No, the thing is, I can see them sometimes. It's just Twitter is like phasing me out for some reason. Maybe Adam Schefter did block me. Who knows? But it's like the one time where I need to be able to see all that stuff. And I just, I can't. And I'm just in the dark. So I have been spending way too much time on Twitter. It's one of those things where like I have to like just like the other day I watched my dogs eat their kibbles. (laughs) <laughs> because I was like, I need to stop looking at my phone. Yeah. I need to st- like just shut it off for a moment and uh, just watch my dogs eat their kibbles. It was great. What about Instagram? Um, I guess so- social media in general. Yeah. Just like spending well, too much so time So I say online. in specific in Instagram. I, Brian, are you on Instagram? No. I didn't think so. So you have no idea what this is. But Ben, what are your thoughts on this new trend until tomorrow? Um. Listen, you can do whatever you want if you enjoy it, okay? Um, personally, I don't care. <laughs> like, people post photos of themselves looking silly anyways. Like, I know that Instagram has this kind of mystic about it where it's, it has to be your highest quality stuff or, you know, people are very stingy with how they uh, distribute likes on the platform. So I, I understand that. But I think the most alluring aspect of the Until Tomorrow trend was doing it and not explaining it so the other people yeah. open up instagram they're like oh, what's going on why is everyone saying until tomorrow and like that is the biggest payoff for the people who are contributing to it and you can't even witness it unless somebody posts saying what's going on that's as close as you can get to the payoff for that trend otherwise you're just another sheep in the herd and you're just doing it because everyone else is doing it there's been a lot of examples of this because it's not just until tomorrow it's also the 10 push-up challenge it's also the uh, see a pup send a pup it's like all these different oh drawing the fruit uh as well all these trends where it's like hey everyone else is doing it so you might as well you might as well turn your brain off and just go with the flow go with the go with the crowd hey i saw someone else do it so it must be the thing to do i mean that that's definitely what it feels like it just it just seems like this is the facebookification of instagram people are bored they have nothing better to do all of a sudden instagram is facebook and it 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 starts with until tomorrow it's like oh yeah here's this funny embarrassing photo of me from a couple years ago and now look where we are now. So it's just, I, I haven't been endorsing it. If you posted it until tomorrow, I didn't like it. And I will not like those in the future. I'm not going to endorse that stuff because I just, I don't want that to be it. That being said, there's nothing else you can post on Instagram other than like TBTs. So uh, that is a good point. I, I, I It is a good point that there's way less of like the traditional Instagram posts available but come on this is an unprecedented time don't go to the past go to the present do something make something yeah. i made some quarantine content that you did definitely... you made some great stuff with... so yeah it can be done that being said i don't i try not to be a hater if you want to do 10 push-ups and you think that's fun go right ahead i'm not going to stop you just don't get mad when you tag me and i just don't interact with it yeah so i mean you you've been talking about a few things i kind of want to jump into so in terms of exercise so I don't really have a great explanation for it. I broke my wrist junior year of high school. Um, so I say I can't do push-ups because of that, but I definitely could do them senior year of high school and freshman year of college. But for whatever reason, I'd go go through like five, six, seven of them, and my wrist just starts like being in so much pain that I have to stop, even though I physically keep going. But I saw this 10 push-up challenge, and I'm like, you know, this is a great idea to kind of get you 
in shape right now because you obviously can't go to a gym when all of them are closed because of social distancing. So instead of the 10 push-up challenge, I'm doing the 1,000 sit-ups per week challenge. So that's my goal right now is to do 1,000 per week. Is that, is that a challenge that you came up with or is that one that's I been I think trained? I came up with it. I don't know. Maybe other people have been doing it, but I've done... So at this point, it's it's Friday night. I've done 690 this week. So I'm a little off pace. Um, if you were to do the same amount every day, it would be 143 per day. So through five days, it'd be 714. So I'm going to have to do another 25 tonight. Uh, but I mean, that's kind of been staggered throughout this week. I did 110 on Monday, 170 on Tuesday, 175 on Wednesday, 120 yesterday, 115 so far today. Still a couple hours left. So my goal is to get to 1,000 every week that I'm in quarantine. And uh, if there's a summer, I'll hopefully have a nice little you know six-pack going on or something like that to be able to show off at the, the pool and the beach. Hey, if not, you can just post it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> um, I have... My parents gave me the dogs before this whole thing started. They dropped them off here and were like, see ya, we're going to Mexico. Uh, their Mexico trip did not happen, but the dogs are still with me. And I don't usually like just go for walks, but I definitely have now that I have dogs that need to go to the bathroom outside. So that's been, you know, somewhat some uh, exercise for me. But I also uh, have been practicing my technique with kickboxing. So I've been, uh, <laughs> nice. unfortunately, I don't own a punching bag. I do own pads, like the ones that you put on your hands and you can practice your combos with somebody else, but I'm, but I'm alone. So um, I've mostly just been working on my combos, punching air um, and doing, honestly, not that many um, push-ups and sit-ups. <laughs> yeah. I, punching is more fun. Uh, but do you want to join my thousand per week challenge? No, <laughs> but I, um, I, you know, I like kickboxing, so it's been fun to just practice that in my apartment. My only sort of, my only sort of exercise is I've played basketball, like just by myself, just shooting. And then I've gone on a run runs a few times, but n- n- no gym whatsoever. I'm, I would not go to a gym at all with everything that's going on. Do you have a um, basketball hoop at home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lucky dude. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture, I don't know where it was, but some like city park had nailed two by fours together on either side of the rim to make it so you can't play on it, uh, to, to discourage people from coming to the park to, uh, to play basketball. Yeah, wow, I definitely that's, saw that's some videos of people playing basketball, ignoring those rules. I mean, New York governor, Andrew Cuomo said, you can't play basketball and stand six feet apart from each other. And I love people responding to that with photos of Ben Simmons standing at the top of the key yeah. with the ball and <laughs> no one being within six feet. Yeah, I saw somebody did like an instructional video on how to practice uh, social distancing. It was all just about Ben Simmons yeah. from the arc. <laughs> um, so I guess along with exercise, have you guys, how have you guys uh, handled meals have you been mostly eating takeout have you been cooking the whole time staying inside i have definitely taken advantage of takeout while it's still available because um i believe that there's going to be a point where things get so bad that even that gets shut down where they're just going to say everybody stay home everything stops i think that that there's a potential for that so i want to take advantage of being able to stimulate the economy while i can Um, but that being said, I did buy a lot of non-perishables. So I've got a bunch of frozen food, uh, that I've been making. I had any tizers. Um, I made a frozen pizza and I've got 
an almost endless supply of ramen noodles, which is like the easy choice. That's that. There's not much cleanup there, so I've been eating a lot of ramen as well. I feel like food-wise, that's the one part of my life that really hasn't changed. Like I still have gotten takeout at places. I I still have a lot of frozen foods, like frozen pizzas and popsicles. And then like Benson, I have a lot of ramen noodles, and I also have a lot of Kraft mac and cheese. I I think food-wise, I mean, yeah, maybe weeks or months later if it gets really bad then and that'll change my plans will change in terms of takeout and all that but for right now my my diet uh my quote-unquote diet hasn't really changed I, I i generally go to the grocery store or not generally i habitually go to the grocery store weekly to buy fresh food and i generally don't like by the end of the week i'm just like totally out of food generally um i'm such a glutton if i buy it i'll eat it so i try to just buy exactly what i need for that week and nothing more um obviously that's not the case anymore so my diet has changed a lot because i usually just eat what's fresh and and obviously that's not as easy anymore Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to stock up on the uh, non-perishables as well, but I've also been eating takeout and delivery a decent amount. I'd say close to once per day. Uh, part of that is trying to simulate the economy, you know, give give these restaurants reasons to continue to stay open, try to make money as much as possible, giving tips uh, higher than I normally would during this time. Uh, but I've, I've certainly been eating not as healthy as I normally do, uh, eating more than I normally do in terms of meal size. Uh, my roommate's been cooking me a lot of great meals though. So uh, he normally does that, but, uh, it's, it's nice that that hasn't gone away. Dude, that's awesome. Your roommate's the best. Um, I actually just saw, um, breaking news, all summer bods will be postponed until 2021. So you're good if your (laughs) diet's not as, not as healthy. Okay. Yeah. My, my goal is to come out of this not super fat, but uh, I definitely. I know it's gonna that. happen. Yeah. I know I'm you, not. You, know, you, you guys know like when whenever you see these meal plans or exercise programs, you'll see like a before and after picture, <laughs> and like the before picture is all flabby, and then the after picture is like a six pack. It's the opposite with the coronavirus. <laughs> before, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. all fit, and then after, you know, months later with the virus that's going on, it's it's flabby. <laughs> so well, of course, completely vice it, versa. We're all assuming that we're going to be able to sustain this unhealthy lifestyle. There's a chance that at some point we're just, there's no food. And then you'll have that summer bod before you know it. Yeah, you're right. We're just going to be starving ourselves. And that's that's one way to do it. I mean, I, honestly, there have been times where I feel like I lose weight by not eating a ton. So uh, maybe if I run out of food, that's all it's going to take. So Right after I went on my, um, like, resource gathering trips to the grocery store i definitely did eat way too much food because i was i couldn't resist i was like i got so many snacks let me eat something yeah <laughs> um, but i've since slowed down the realer the situation gets the more uh the, the more disciplined i am with making sure my resources can last nice i went i went to a uh, burger king a few days ago and i went to the drive through of course and when i got to the window instead of giving me my food like you know they usually do in a in a in the bag in the cup what they did was they they had a tray like they held out the tray and then gave it to you and make sure that the social distancing was far as possible with the tray which is kind of neat oh yeah i've had two contactless deliveries so far i got uh domino's and kfc and they just like left them in front of my door and then left 
Oh, they didn't even bother like talking to you or anything. They just straight no, up. No, no. They um, one of them knocked on the door. The other one texted me, and uh, I di- I didn't have to see them at all. Yeah, oh, that, wow. I haven't had that. I've had to go out to cars and pick stuff up. Um, immediately go in, wash my hands. So I I know um, I sent a Snapchat to you, Ben, but a couple weeks ago, like before things got like really bad, it was basically right when um, Trump declared the national emergency. I went to Bath and Body Works. And I bought, I took advantage of their five for 23 hand soap deal by buying 10 for 46. And I'm such a snob when it comes to foaming hand soap. But I, after that, I know I'm, I'm hopefully going to be all set to make it through this. Uh, but I'm definitely going through bottles of soap very quickly right now. I, the one, I think the biggest thing that has changed in my life the past few weeks is the amount of times that I've washed my hands or used mm-hmm. hand sanitizer. Anytime that I just, if I'm holding cash or if I open a door handle or use a door handle, uh, like immediately I'm, I'm, I'm using the wipes or I'm using um, some sort of hand, hand sanitizer or, or whatever. Yeah, and it, beyond just washing them frequently, washing them for 20 seconds. That's something that, I don't know, did you guys do that before? No, no way. No, I've only done that for like five liars, seconds. dude. Yeah, no way. People, I mean, at work, we ran out, like, at, once coronavirus started being taken seriously, we ran out of soap and paper towels so much. And I was like, why did this never happen before? <laughs> how, yeah. come, how come we never ran out of soap or paper yeah. towels before? What have you guys been doing in here? <laughs> it's awful watching some dude just use the urinal, put his hands in and use you know what. And then they after they flush the toilet, they just walk out. Oh, I know. Yeah. Not, Don't even like not, put not it underwater but pretend. A, not a lot, but enough t- for it to gross you out a little bit. It happens, man. And... Uh, Hopefully this will change things. I think our society will view hand washing in a completely different way mm-hmm. after this. Yeah, and so one thing on the the back of the Bath and Body Works soap, I on on the back of mine, I I read it the other day and it said wash your hands for 20 seconds. And I'm like, there's no way that this was made with just a coronavirus in mind. Like this is a thing that people are constantly supposed to be doing and I don't know why society didn't really stress that until now. Uh, but I, I definitely think that going forward, that's one thing in terms of a takeaway that people are going to be much more serious when it comes to washing their hands. And Brian, you'd mentioned you wanted to talk about coronavirus resolutions. That's, I think, a big one yep. for me <laughs> is, uh, you know, being much Check better when list. it comes to yeah, washing hands, washing them frequently and uh, properly. The one thing that definitely always got me to wash my hands before um, was being like, I really like the smell of soaps and I like finding out what different soaps people have. <laughs> so if anything, it was just to sample the soap that they have uh, and get the smells. But now it's like more about actually getting in there in between your fingers and, and all that, yeah. you know, like getting to the cleaning process and not just being about my nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before, before all this happened, I would just simply just, you know, press the button and then this one quick wash the hands and then that's it I, i'm out of there but now it's i gotta get both sides of both hands mm-hmm. scrub them for good 10 15 seconds and wash them for another good 10 or 15 seconds and then and then i'm out so i'm definitely washing my hands more and more thoroughly as well do you think that uh but when this is all said and done people are gonna stop shaking hands fist bumping dapping each other up? Uh, i hope not i, I hope I like not doing too that but stuff. some people are speculating it so okay but pandemics existed before and after this not all pandemics are spread even this one is spread uh through the air 
Like it's mm-hmm. like if someone coughed on you, they don't have to shake your hand. You'll still get it. So yep. I'll, I'll admit I've been doing the the elbow thing uh, recently, and I, part of me thinks it's good because I'm not shaking people's hands because maybe they've coughed on it or whatever. But then I, I also feel guilty for doing it because that makes uh, the person that I'm talking with make me feel like feel like that. They have the virus, and right. I, I, I do like to, the. Uh, I don't want to be disrespectful about it either. I like the foot handshake. If that became the new norm, where you um, like you tap your feet against each other, that would be okay with me. I like the simple bow. Just the ah, bow. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Fun. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a sign of respect, and you're not even touching the other person. Yeah, I, I would love it if people just started bowing down to me every time they saw me. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so I guess uh, let's let's move on. In terms of actual activities we've been doing beyond just, you know, eating, taking care of ourselves, whatever, uh, what have you guys done in terms of hobbies? So let's start with uh, movies and TV shows. Have you been, you know, taking up any new series, watch any movies for the first time? Like, what have you been doing? Um, yeah, so I've either been sleeping or, yeah, I've been watching movies or TV for the most part. Uh, and... One movie that I watched yesterday was uh, a movie that Ben has talked about on his other podcasts, and I've watched several times. It's one of my favorite movies, School of Rock. Nice, it's all-time, dude. All-time, it's an all-time classic movie. It is, definitely. It's, not only is it hysterical, but there are actually real-life lessons in that movie. Oh, yes. So I watched, so I watched that yesterday, and I watched. <clears throat> uh, I also watched another movie called, I'm not, it came out a couple years ago, I'm not sure if you heard of it, but The Den of Thieves. Uh, it has Gerard Butler in it, and it was a very good movie. It had some good movie twists that I won't reveal. Nice. Well, I, like uh, Brian said, I have a movie podcast that we review movies, and th- this week's episode coming up is Rango, starring Johnny Depp. It's a rated PG uh, animated movie, and uh, it's amazing. I really enjoyed it. So that has taken up a lot of my time this past week. But one of these things that frustrates me is I see all these social media posts where people are like, now that we're quarantined, we have unlimited time, time to do all the stuff you never had time for before. Uh, But I've been working from home. And outside of like a the time I save on commute, which was like 20 minutes total per day, I still have the exact same schedule. So it's really frustrating to see other people who are like, wow, I wrote a whole book or like, wow, <laughs> like I, I literally am like a champion at like uh, cards now. And I am like, dang, I'm just the same guy still. <laughs> like, yeah. I, outside, like the only thing is I have less vitamin D. Um, so it's just it, it has been a little bit frustrating not being able to ha- like take full advantage and, and like really live the quarantine life. But I also feel like I'm super fortunate to be able to retain my job through all this and mm-hmm. be able to work from home uh, and not have to go somewhere where I could get the virus. So I'm, I'll take it. But yep. as far as consuming new content or like having extra time to do new stuff, it hasn't really been the case for me. Yeah. I, I have similar sentiments like that. You know, I, I cut down on commute time. Uh, which mine was more than 20 minutes, about 20 minutes both ways, 30 some days. So I, I do gain some of that time back. But uh, when it comes to consuming stuff, while yes, my like day-to-day life hasn't changed significantly, there's no sports on. So I've had more times where I've been forced to find other things to watch on TV to keep me occupied. Now I have Hulu Live TV, 
Part of the reason why I got it is because Hulu has live sports, and they did send out an email saying Hulu doesn't have live sports, which is very, <laughs> very heartbreaking to read. Um, but in terms of TV, like I think what I've watched the most are the news. You know, I've tried to keep informed with what's going on, especially if there's big local announcements that are incoming. Uh, I've I've tried to watch that and. Impractical Jokers. I've watched so much Impractical Jokers. Oh my god, I've been doing the, the same past thing. Actually, weeks. yeah, that's another thing I was, I forgot to mention. Uh, I've been watching a lot of recaps of Impractical Jokers because it, like, I like I've talked about in the past where we did a top five last week and I talked about how we should talk about movies or TV shows, but my twist to it was ones that are funny or comedy mm-hmm. and ones that cheer you up a little bit more given this depressing time. So I've been also watching a lot of Practical Jokers. Yeah, well. and Practical Jokers is definitely one that has helped me through that. Um, because I've been watching True TV, they've had a few other new shows that have come on. One of them uh, is Hot Ones, the game show. So do either of you guys watch Hot Ones, like the YouTube series? Definitely. One of the best celebrity interview shows there are. So I don't regularly watch it, but I've seen enough episodes to really appreciate it. And... You know, Hot Ones the Game Show came on uh, after Impractical Jokers ended, and my roommate and I are like, all right, let's watch it. And it was just so gross just watching these people eat these hot wings, like, zoomed in. They're, like, throwing up and stuff, and they're, like, doing a, a like, quiz game show at the same time. And just it's just not appealing. It's not the same thing. I would so much rather just watch the interviews. And they did start playing some of the interviews on True TV. So you don't have to go out of your way on YouTube, but then you're also kind of limited to whatever one they decide to show at that given time. So I, I, yeah, I don't YouTube know. is not limiting in no. my opinion. They, um, I saw a commercial for the hot ones game show and I'm like, this is not what I want. This is the moving yeah. in the opposite direction. What it is, it's like a main, more mainstream appeal. It, there's people who are like, I don't want to watch people talk. Uh, tuh. I don't want to watch people <laughs> talk. But if I can watch them stuff their face with spicy food, yay! So I feel like they're going for a different demographic, and you know, good for them if that brings them more success. But I think the the, the truly better show will always be the original Hot Ones. Yeah, I I think that they've been so successful that they can go out and try to make money off this, and they're gonna have people go on the show. They're gonna have people watch it, but. It's definitely not going to be better than the YouTube series. Uh, I will not sit here and recommend it to you. I will say keep watching Hot Ones YouTube, and I'm not really sure if Sean Evans will be having too many uh, sit-down interviews with people in the coming months. But uh, you know, it's it's certainly something that is is more enjoyable than these just random people trying to win a few thousand dollars. Oh, and Sean Evans is so good. He's such a great mm-hmm. interviewer. Yep. Another TV show that I actually just finished. I've watched episodes in the past, but I've started uh from start to finish just recently uh was a tv show called monk and the main character in the tv show has a million phobias and is including germs and i would i would want to imagine what would it be like if this guy (laughs) was living in what the world is right now because if he's already using hand sanitizer and wipes constantly in a normal world what would he be how often would he be using it now he wouldn't even leave his room or house ever okay actually i I, we've said a lot of things i think we should move on but i want to throw one last (laughs) thing in there just because uh it's so peak quarantine content um the ringer is a youtube uh account uh i think they do a lot of things but is that bill bill simmons 
like the the sports and pop yes. culture people yes yeah. okay um and I, i'm not exactly sure what his name is but they have a basketball guy who just amazing basketball content is it is the ringer just one guy no they've they have oh, okay. a, a whole team bill Simmons, right yeah he started it he left okay. espn and started the ringer Yes, and they have a guy who does basketball, um, and his basketball content is fantastic. He's always creating new stuff because obviously there's always something who new to it? break down in the world of basketball. Um, it, I can send you the video. Is I don't, it Ryan Rossillo? I wouldn't even be able to remember the name because it's not like he shows himself on it, but I recognize okay. his voice because I've watched a lot of his YouTube videos, and since there's no new basketball on right now, he did a breakdown of the basketball episode of The Office, and it's not like a, it's the episode where Michael does this and that. He takes that, he goes at it from the perspective of pure sports. He breaks down every play in the game and, and like talking about like, the, like there's a, actually someone sets a screen and stuff, like there's actually some basketball going on there, and he has like the box score plus minus for all the players and he does a ranking for uh, like a power ranking for every player in the game and it is amazing it's like the the level of uh, organization and expertise that he brings to breaking down what is a episode of a sitcom uh, from a sports perspective is amazing and I know it would never have existed if there was real basketball on so it's one of those things where it, it, it's taking it's it's the silver lining of a situation like this i'll send it to you guys after because i think okay. you should, yeah, would enjoy that's, it that's, that sounds really cool yeah. if yeah. you like the office and you like basketball this is amazing content for you um especially because it's actually kind of interesting like jim is, is he's definitely a baller i think it was obvious from from the beginning but uh he really breaks it down did he do this because of the 15th anniversary of the first office episode uh i don't because that don't was like just so. this past week yeah, I, don't know. I know, but okay. maybe, uh, but it, it was definitely because there was no basketball on. Like yeah, that was I'm, the main sure. reason. Uh, yeah, so I, I've never actually watched The Office the entire way through. I've seen. Have a you lot seen the basketball episodes? I'll admit, I've I've yeah. only watched a few episodes. Also. I have. I mean, I've seen a lot of the episodes. It's one of those shows where it's on. I can watch it. I can sit down and watch a marathon. You know, five, six, ten episodes in a row, whatever, um, and enjoy it. But I, I <laughs> everyone. I feel like all the time when they're like, oh, what's a new Netflix thing? You see the meme and it's like, no, I'm just going to rewatch The Office for the eighth time. Uh, I feel like this is a time for me to just actually sit down and try to watch it from the beginning and keep going through. Uh, but there is uh, one channel on Hulu. I forget what it's called, uh, but they every Sunday have an office marathon. So I've, I've been watching a ton of The Office lately, even before the quarantine stuff. And that's certainly not something that's going away anytime soon. Nice. Um, in terms of some sports stuff, I have watched a little bit of throwback. Um, I'd mentioned the 2013 NL wildcard game. Uh, so MLB in place of opening day did MLB opening day at home. And that was what they did for the Pirates uh, and the Red Sox. I actually watched four days in October, uh, 30 for 30. That's one of my favorites just because I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, and one one takeaway I had from that was, well, I, I had a few takeaways, but one big one was watching Alex Rodriguez in game six slapped the ball out of Bronson's Arroyo, Ro- Royals hand. And that shocked that he didn't even do yeah, it. Yeah, him like complaining, yeah, saying, what do you mean? I didn't do anything. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's why I used to hate A-Rod. Because A-Rod, is, he's really as As a broadcaster, he's actually He's, he's actually been great. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of him now. And then I'm watching that, I was like, ah, oh, that's right. That's why I hated this guy. You know, back back when A-Rod was uh, the, the ultimate villain on the Yankees. Yeah, I have the same so, feelings towards A-Rod as well. Yeah. Uh, ben, have you ever considered doing like a 30 for 30 or like some kind of like sports documentary on Apple Chat? I know that your co-host Joey isn't a sports fan, uh, but it, I would... It's, it's really interesting that you say that. 
because yeah. um, we were talking about he's done it, and I was talking about your encyclopedic knowledge of sports, and he was saying that you should do a sports history podcast. Yeah, uh, because Joey's I've not much. About that. He's definitely Joey is not much of a sports fan, but he actually is a fan of sports history. Um, yeah, and and you know sports better than anybody I know. It's why I value your sports takes so much because I know that it's unlike a lot of other takes that are based in the present yours you're better at looking at the whole picture um which is why i think you would i think it would be perfect if you did a 30 for 30 <laughs> type thing yeah um here on he's done it yeah i think now now would definitely be a good time to do that it's something that i've, I've been thinking about in recent days and just trying to figure out what's a good topic that i want to talk about and then Let, see where let's it talk about this more off pod because sure, i actually absolutely. have some more hey, this is something you guys with. might have to look forward to and if any listeners want to give me ideas definitely uh send them my way yeah um so i guess let's let's move on to video games and you know ben why don't you just jump into it two words one game yeah. two words animal crossing Enough said. That's enough said. If you if you if you know, you know. I have seen so many Snapchats and Instagram posts and uh, tweets and everything of people just playing Animal Crossing. It's just been consuming so many people's life right now, and just feels like the perfect time for a big video game like that to come out when there's literally nothing to do that can distract you from playing. There was a, like the coronavirus really became a problem about two weeks before Animal Crossing came out. And that was my coworker and I, my coworkers and I were just survive, survive until Animal Crossing comes out. And then we can just hide away in our apartments and play Animal Crossing and everything will be fine. And that's basically been the case so far. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I don't have my PlayStation 4 or my Xbox 360 anymore. And I'm. Where are they? It, uh, they're sold at GameStop. That's what happened. Why? And, well, it was years ago, or year, at least a year or two ago, when I got rid of them. Uh, and I'm right now. I'm regretting that. But the PlayStation Five will come out uh, later this calendar year. But in the short term, that does not help me whatsoever in terms of video games. That's kind of d- depressing. But it is depressing. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll talk about mine. So um, I throughout. You know, college and my early time as an adult, I've uh, had I've lived with someone who has had a PlayStation in some capacity. I grew up playing PS2, eventually PS3. Uh, I never actually owned a PS4 until my most recent and current living situation, where uh, my new roommate is an Xbox guy. And I didn't want to make the transition to Xbox. You know, nothing against Xbox. I I don't want to, like, get into that debate. I've just been a PlayStation loyalist. I had PlayStation games. I just didn't have a console to play. So I went out and bought a PS4 this summer when I moved. And I... One of the... Actually, probably... So the the first game I had was secondly NBA 2K18. But the first new game I bought was Madden 20. And I played it a ton when it first came out in August and September, but then when 2K20 came out, I started playing 2K20 a lot, and I stopped playing Madden. Uh, but Ben and a bunch of our friends are have been doing a Madden League, started pre-quarantine. It's one of the online franchises. Ben's a 49ers. He drafted a team, and they play, what, two games a week, right? Yes, we, that's so. our um, our yeah league advancement schedule is twice a week. So we play the entire preseason, and I'm looking at the app right now. We're about to complete week five. The, we'll advance to week six tonight. And the 49ers are 4-0, and oh, and we've given Congrats. up a total of seven points in four games. 
And all seven of those points were given up by the offense because Baker Mayfield threw a pick six. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so you like I, I've been super interested in your league, even though I can't play because I have PlayStation, you guys all have Xbox. Uh, but that also inspired me to start playing Madden on my own. And this past weekend, I just that's basically all I did the whole time, just playing a ton of Madden. So back when the game first came out, I did a franchise mode with the Steelers before the season started, let him do a Super Bowl with a healthy Ben Rossberger. Obviously, those dreams crashed and died pretty early in real life. Um, but after that, I, I started to play the second season, you know, I had free agency and stuff. It was horrible trying to manage the Steelers cap. And, uh, I just, I, I wasn't as interested in keep on going beyond that first season. Uh, but I, I came up with an idea and that is what I, I don't really have a better term for it. So I call it the Madden group league. And basically I randomly divided all 32 teams into eight groups. So groups A through H and, Every team plays, you know, kind of World Cup style within their group uh, against their other opponents. So it's one home game, one away game, and one neutral site game. So three regular season games. From there, the top two teams in each group advance to a postseason tournament. All those games are played on a neutral site. So last weekend, I played the entire regular season. 49ers and Steelers were actually both in Group D, and both of them, along with the Cleveland Browns, all went two and one. Um, the 49ers beat the Steelers 40-3, to and basically that was a difference maker when it came to point differential with the 49ers being the, the uh, winner and the Steelers being left out. Um, so we have the, the tournament starting up. I've kind of gone above and beyond with this in a way that if you know me personally, you wouldn't be surprised. I've, uh, I've broken down the schedule to have games. So um, Thursday night, there's a game at 8 o'clock on NBC with uh, Mike Tirico and Rodney Harrison with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth doing the 8 p.m. NBC game. Uh, on Friday night, CBS, that's their night. So they have the main 8 o'clock game on CBS, and that's uh, typically Ein Eagle and Dan Fouts, while CBS Sports Network has a 7 and 10.30 doubleheader. Saturday, it's Fox that has the three games. The 7 p.m. game is usually Kevin Burkhardt and Charles Davis with a 4.30, 8 o'clock FS1 doubleheader. Meanwhile, an NFL Network tripleheader goes on at 3, 6, 30, and 10. And then Sunday is kind of a more normal schedule. CBS and Fox both have a 1 o'clock game, both have a 4.30 game. That's where you see your Jim Nats, Tony Romo, Joe Buck, and Troy Aikman. And then Monday Night Football, the uh, good old Joe Tessifator and Booger McFarlane crew on ESPN. So I, I've done that three weeks in a row. Now we're in the, the playoffs. I'll probably be starting that this weekend. We'll see how much I, I continue to play. But I, I've been having a ton of fun with this, kind of doing my own solo league. And uh, maybe someday I'll, I'll be able to, to join like a, a PlayStation online connected franchise. But for now, this is how I've been occupying my time when it comes to video games. I'm really relishing my time in a franchise mode league with other people because I've spent years by myself playing franchise mode. It's still fun. <laughs> so the way I've been doing this is I'll do... Um, 15 minute quarters and I'll, I'll pick one of the teams. So generally the home team and I'll just super sim, but only play key moments. So it kind of adds like, you know, the, the randomness of the game in terms of just how it could play out, but me still being on the field and having somewhat of an effect. And, uh, I try to kind of distribute who I play as. So that way it's kind of you know, fair for everyone, but there's some teams that are just not very good and I'm not good enough at Madden to, <laughs> to win with. So. 
Um, all right. I, uh, I guess from there, we can get ready to uh, wrap things up with our top five. And National Doctors' Day is coming up on Monday, March 30th. I think it's a very fitting time for it because we have uh, a lot of doctors, nurses, different you know, first responders, you know, all these people in the medical industry are doing everything they can to treat coronavirus patients, help slow this spread. And of course, a lot of it is on our part. That's why we're social distancing, not trying to overwhelm the healthcare system. So in honor of those you know, men and women uh, who are doing so much right now, the, uh, the quarterbacks, point guards, and whatever you want to call them of this uh, pandemic, we will be counting down our top five TV and movie doctors in today's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. All right, so uh, I'll get us started with my top five. And one thing I want to say, if, you, if you're listening, kind of expecting us to go through our favorite Grey's Anatomy ER, uh, General Hospital, All My Children, whatever, like soap operas, uh, you come to the wrong podcast. Yeah, like, no, we're, we're three 24-year-old guys. Like, <laughs> that's not what we're going to look at. And uh, you can tell from my list that it's, it's very much uh, different. Starting with my number five, and that is Andre Nausick, a renowned plastic surgeon from the show The League. And uh, it's a super popular show, It's which is kind of crazy because it's about fantasy football. A fairly niche topic. You know, obviously, football is a big part of American culture. Only so many football fans actually play fantasy football. It's pretty amazing that the league has had as much success and been as, as big of a cultural icon as it has been. And while Andre Nausick on the show, he's a very, very quirky, awkward guy, uh, questionable fashion choices, uh, not the greatest fantasy football player by any means. He is a, a really good great plastic surgeon uh, on the show he's made a ton of money um, off his skills so i'm giving him a shout out this uh is kind of reminding me that i haven't watched the league in a while and uh it's it's making me want to kind of get back into it and watch it again because it's just a hilarious show highly recommend it truly inspirational for any fantasy football league out there yeah oh absolutely the shiva i mean that, that's certainly something that uh, any league can strive to having uh, something like that as your prize so, number four, I went with Alan Harper from Two and a Half Men. And I was a little hesitant at first to include him on my list because he is kind of an annoying character. Uh, he's, he's certainly kind of freeloaded, uh, not kind of, he, he absolutely has freeloaded off his brother Charlie the entire episode, or the entire series. Uh, but I, I've always, when I watched it, I loved Two and a Half Men as a kid, and I f- kind of related a little more to Alan you know I don't necessarily hope that I have to one day live in like my brother's house because I I get divorced and can't afford to live by myself Uh, despite him being a doctor he's a chiropractor Uh, I've I've also kind of felt he was a little more relatable in terms of that awkwardness you know he's not the kind of suave ladies man that his brother is and ultimately the show wouldn't be successful without that kind of parody that uh, these these two brothers and uh, of course his son bring uh, Jake. So uh, to me, Alan Harper, very worthy character to come in my top five here at number four. Number three, Stephen Strange, otherwise known as the superhero name Doctor Strange. Now, while I didn't actually see the movie Doctor Strange, I'm a huge fan of the Avengers. 
and he played a huge role in Avengers Infinity War. I think part of the reason why I like him is because he uh, he's heavily involved with Iron Man in the movie, and I'm a huge Iron Man fan, so naturally I was kind of going to gravitate toward the scenes with Iron Man in him, and oftentimes had Doctor Strange. I think he was just super awesome power as being able to just look ahead into time, uh, and you know, I have the, the iconic scene where he's like, all right, what's he doing over there? And he's, do you know the exact number of uh, scenarios he saw, Ben? No, I, feel like I don't you remember were, it. Okay. It was something in the millions. He's like, how many do we win? One. Uh, so he's, he's certainly one of the more powerful Avengers out there. I really grew to appreciate him. Um, doesn't play as big of a role in Endgame. Uh, and if he's one of the people that Thanos snaps away, uh, but just his role in Infinity War is the reason why I put him at number three. 14 million. 14 million. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was even more than that, but still, yeah, one out of 14 million. So, uh, number two, Dr. Stuart Price, who is a dentist, and he is from the Hangover trilogy. And say what you want about the, the second and third Hangover. The first one is a phenomenal movie. I think it is a top five comedy of this century, going back to 2000. So, Stu, he's a very memorable character. You know, in, in the first one, he loses his tooth, which turns out, yeah, you know, when he was drunk, he he pulled it uh, from his own mouth. Second one, he's kind of famous for his uh, Mike Tyson tattoo. Uh, but I, I just love Stu. He he wrote that song though. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? And uh, I he has a, a pretty horrible girlfriend who he goes off on at the, the final wedding scene. Just, you're just a, a bad person. And uh, I think like he's all the way through who, to your core. Yeah. Yeah. He's just someone is, is, is pretty solid character development from that perspective. Um, of him, I love that scene, you know, breaking, yeah. Breaking through uh, out of that, that relationship. And, you know, I, moving I on love with his, I love the yeah. look that Phil gives as he's yelling at his girlfriend. Just looks, just <laughs> looks proud. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my guy right there. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm a big fan of Stu, um, and uh, a big fan of The Hangover in general. So uh, def- this is another thing you know. I kind of talk about wanting to watch things, wanting to watch the league again. Now I want to watch The Hangover again. Uh, Ed Helms plays him, Office Guy. So uh, really, really great actor, really great performance here as Stu, and uh, he's my number two. But my number one takes a little more of a serious tone, and that is. Uh, someone who is arguably the greatest movie villain of all time, certainly up there in the rankings, and that is Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who is a psychiatrist turned forensic psychiatrist. Of course, he's a serial killer. He's a cannibal. I don't advocate what he does from that perspective, uh, but he plays a huge role in Silence of the Lambs, which is uh, one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, I'm someone who's pretty easily uh, squeamish, so... I think uh, more the th- the thriller, psychological thriller type is uh, my preferred horror scene. So Hannibal Lecter, just a, a phenomenal performance by Anthony Hopkins in this movie. He's someone who uh, plays an integral part. And in, in, while he is kind of a villain, he certainly does a lot of uh, villainous things, killing the uh, the police officer with his own nightstick uh, and you know, cutting the, the guy's face off and putting it on his own face, which I did recently... Uh, with the office 15 uh, countdown of the top 15 office episodes. And that was brought up. I, I rewatched that scene with, um, with Dwight doing that with the, um, the CPR, CPR doll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that also kind of inspired me here, but really, I mean, just sounds as the end. Fantastic movie. Hannibal Lecter, just an iconic villain. And, uh, 
for that reason, he is my number one TV or film doctor. All right, I'll get my top five started with number five. And at number five, I've got Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Uh, which you guys obviously remember from It's Always Sunny, Frank Reynolds, uh, one of his AKAs. Uh, it's the, the episode is The Dennis System, and there's like this food chain that goes from uh, Dennis dating women to um, Mac dating them after getting his sloppy seconds, and then uh, Frank trying to get uh, Max sloppy seconds, which they said he feeds on them like a mantis. And Frank said, call me that now. Call me mantis. And they didn't want to call him that. But he later in the show, uh, they're they're all meeting up at the carnival, and they're all supposed to dress up like carnies because they're doing a scheme. But instead, Frank shows up as Dr. Mantis Toboggan. uh, And he tries to impress women with talking about how fat his wallet is and taking it out and accidentally dropping his magnum condom on the ground and being like oops i just dropped my magnum condom uh to you know try to uh, impress women so i was inspired by that a great doctor dr mantis devog definitely earned that <laughs> title um yeah. and that's why he's number five on my top five tv movie doctors <sighs> just iconic character iconic episodes in there Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm not as big of an It's Always Sunny fan. Like, I haven't seen enough to include him in my top five, but I knew for a fact he was going to be in yours. Oh, yes. Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Can't forget it. Uh, number four is Dr. Leo Spashemin, uh, who is played by Chris Parnell in 30 Rock. He is the doctor that is recommended by Alec Baldwin's character. Um, Alec Baldwin's character, uh, Jack Donaghy, says he has an excellent reputation as a doctor and a respectable reputation as a dentist. Uh, And what's interesting is Dr. Spashemin, who is definitely a real doctor, uh, has some interesting uh, beliefs. He says... uh, his opinion is that medicine is not science. Uh, doctors should serve big breakfasts to their patients before an operation. Uh, meat keeps the spine straight and people want food, but they do not need it. Uh, so obviously a very uh, high-minded, intelligent doctor, Dr. Spashemin, um, also sp- spelled Spaceman, uh, but that's what Tracy Jordan calls him in the show, or Tracy Morgan's character, Tracy Jordan. Uh, but he solidly lands at number four on my top five TV and movie doctors. Coming in at number three, you knew he was going to be on it, Dr. John Zoidberg. So this is obviously from, Dr. John Zoidberg is obviously from Futurama. Uh, he's a Decapodian, uh, He, which he looks like kind of like a some sort of lobster or crab. Lobster type, yeah. Uh, He's the staff doctor for Planet Express Shipping Company. Uh, And what's most notable about him is he has a poor understanding of human uh, physiology. Even though he is a doctor, uh, you know, which is a high-ranking member of any society, he actually is homeless and lives in the dumpster behind the Planet Express Shipping Company building uh, because he's so terrible at his job. And there are many times where he goes in to attempt to help the employees and ends up maiming them uh, irreparably. Uh, Good thing it's a cartoon, am I right? Okay, coming in at number two, another Futurama character, um, Dr. Hubert J. Farnsworth, a.k.a. Professor Farnsworth. He's a mad scientist, proprietor of the Planet Express Delivery Service. Um, What's interesting about him is he is, uh, so the main character of the show is Philip J. Fry, and Dr. Farnsworth is his great 
great, 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 great times 30 grandnephew and also great, 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 great times 31 grandson of Philip J. Fry because there's an episode where Fry goes back in time and actually um, gives birth to himself, (laughs) (laughs) which is an amazing uh, sci-fi thing to do. And uh, Dr. Farnsworth is amazing because he has a mastery of any field of science and is one of the most brilliant inventors on earth. A lot of episodes are just based on, it just starts with good news everyone and he has some new invention and that ends up creating 30 minutes worth of content so um, i'm a big fan of his he's a funny guy and he always falls asleep at the wrong time and acts like an old grandpa so uh dr hubert j farnsworth comes in at number two on my list and number one the first doctor that came to my mind as soon as i thought of the tv doctors is obviously dr fraser crane uh from cheers and also from the show fraser um I love Kelsey Grammer. I think he is so funny that he is a television sitcom staple after the like 20 year run that Frazier had. Um, he, he is the, he is a psychiatrist who hosts a radio show in Seattle called the Dr. Frazier crane show. And his tagline was always, I'm listening. I would be lying to you if I didn't say that Frazier was one of my influences, I think in my path towards becoming a podcaster his voice is amazing, and his advice is second to none. Dr. Fraser Crane comes in at number one on my top five TV movie, TV and movie doctors. I actually, I feel like I, I knew this at one point, but I didn't know that Fraser was a spinoff of Cheers. Yeah, I didn't either because I never watched Cheers, but apparently he, he was in, he was like a new character in season three. And okay. he uh, was so like he was supposed to be just like a one-off character, but his um, the producers loved him so much that they kept him in, and then they gave him a spinoff when he uh, when the show ended. Yeah, I heard of the, I heard of the show Frasier, but I never actually watched it until I watched Cheers, and I remember midway through Cheers, I'm like isn't that the guy from Frasier? And then like they yeah. name him Frasier too? Like, wow, that that's wild. And then I find out, oh, Frasier is the spinoff yeah. from Cheers. Okay. So that's yeah, how I found out about it. I, Cheers was ahead of our time. Uh, I think most people know that we're pretty young. I don't even know when the show ended, but I feel like it ended before we were even born. But that seems like a show that I would like to go back and watch because uh, our, the generation before us loves it. No, and... Yeah, I, I was actually a fan of Cheers, even though I was born in the same generation as you guys. Um, so for my number five, I went with uh, Mash four oh seven seven, which I know is not one doctor, but it's a whole squad, right? It's a whole squad. But uh, Mash four oh seven seven is the station base group uh, from the t- from the TV show called Mash, and that's a, a comedy uh, drama sitcom from the 70s and i'm not gonna tell you it's my all-time favorite show but it's probably my favorite that came out in the 70s and uh it's a very good show and i love all the characters from it and even though i'm again millennial just like you guys uh i would recommend it to anyone uh that show so i point with that as my number five and my yeah, number was four. another well another way of me dating myself i had no idea that mash was about an army hospital I knew it was some yes. kind of military, like Vietnam War, right? Based in based on no, uh, the Korean War, South Korean War. Okay. Yes, 
Um, so even though it came out in the 70s, it was based yeah, on the Korean War. A historic right. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so for my number four, I also went with the same choice as Corey. I went with Alan Harper. And yeah, I know he's not really a real doctor. He's a chiropractor. Uh, but Two and a Half Men is with Charlie Sheen and not Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Two and a Half Men is one, is one of my uh, all-time favorites. And even though, yeah, Charlie is definitely the cooler, uh, more likable character, I feel like the show isn't anywhere near as good uh, if it weren't for also uh, Alan Harper as well. And yeah, I, it, he's very dorky, like Corey has talked about, but uh, uh, still makes still makes a good show with him in it Absolutely. as well. And so for my number three, I went with Doc Hollywood, which is a movie starring Michael J. Fox. My favorite, my all-time favorite Michael J. Fox movie is definitely Back to the Future, along with uh, Back to the Future 2 and 3. But my next favorite after that would probably be would be Doc Hollywood, and in the movie he's uh, a doctor in Washington D.C. and he ends up uh, having a job interview in Be- Beverly Hills to become plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeon, and he decides to drive to the interview, and on the way there he gets in a car accident and damages a fence, and in a small town in South Carolina, and. He's he ends up getting sentenced to uh, thirty plus hours of community service, so he ends up serving uh, as the head doctor at a very small local hospital, and it's a very good another mo- another movie I'd recommend, and uh, it's a great romantic comedy. So I went with Doc Hollywood as my number three, and my number two I went with Doctor Walsh, and for anyone who doesn't know who that is that is the real doctor in The Hangover. He's not Stu or he's a dentist. He's the actual real doctor that uh, helps Stu, Phil, and Alan, uh, you know, let them know what happened the night before. And he tells them, like, yeah, you guys were talking about uh, this big wedding and, like, not Stu's wedding, the big wedding that you just came from and uh, and what happened to Phil the night before. And and he's also, he also had a great smart-ass comment where, Phil asks him, like, where is this church? And like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's between uh, get a map and F off. And I thought that was pretty funny. He, <laughs> yeah. He's the real doctor in the, the movie You're The right. Hangover. And, I mean, and like, yeah. yeah. And like Corey said, uh, The Hangover 2 and 3 are kind of whatever. The two, 2 is decent and 3 was very bad, but The Hangover 1 is a very, very good movie. Uh, so I went with him as my number two. And my number one, I went with Patch Adams, uh, who... The, the movie starring Robin Williams uh, is actually based on a true story, and it's also another great movie I'd recommend. And uh, in the movie, what I love about his character is that he's not just a typical doctor. He develops friendships and uh, shows humor and compassion with the patients instead of just the typical doctor psychotherapy and which medicines and uh, you got to take and or whatever and he shows again he shows humor and compassion towards the patients which uh is very heartwarming and it's it's a great movie and it's also based on a true story about a uh, a great uh great person so i went with patch adams as my number one i've actually never even heard of patch adams before this. it's not I, robin I williams is, it's not robin williams best movie but it's it's a very good movie and it is been? pretty funny. I, I only heard of it when Robin Williams died. 
because people were like, he was Patch okay. Adams. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not how I, I would think of Robin Williams. But I, I didn't even hear about him until I was like going through, like looking for ideas of uh, he, TV and He film was one doctors, of the first ones that came up when I Googled like mm-hmm. famous TV doctors or TV yeah. movie doctors. Yep. So, okay. I mean, I I definitely have enjoyed uh, most Robin Williams movies I've seen, so I might have to give that and a he, shot and he's typic And he's hysterical like in a lot of other movies he's been in. All right. So that will uh, conclude this episode of He's Done It. And, you know, we're going to continue social distancing. We'll We'll probably have a lot more episodes like, you know this this second part where uh, we're just talking about not sports stuff in the, the coming months. You know, however long this uh, coronavirus is preventing sports from happening, uh, hopefully not forever, uh, but certainly in the near future. So, uh, for Brian Wells and Benjamin Carlson, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. Touch of Bob Seeger here might not be a, a negative thing. You know, everyone needs music in these times. So I'm getting adjusted here in my fancy chair on the lawn. Paul McCartney or John Lennon, but I love you all. God bless.